was it? I think it was Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. Uh, our daughter woke us up at uh, 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, man, why? Why did she wake us up at 2.30 in the morning? Uh, I don't handle that well, <laughs> by the way. Um, she woke us up at 2.30 in the morning because she wanted her bear. And the bear, <laughs> yeah, the bear was in one of our cars, locked in one of our cars. Two <laughs> thirty in the morning, and uh, I was mad. I was I was pretty mad. Like I don't know who wouldn't be um, at two thirty in the morning. And Steffi and I, you know, we're just we're just in bed, kind of like, you know, I'm not doing it. You're doing it. No, I'm not doing it. You're doing it. And um, legitimately angry. Uh, so I did it. I, I woke up, went outside. It's cold now at night, and you know, two thirty at night. It's what is it like fifty now? Forty. Uh, it's cold, and uh, got the bear, put her back to bed, and then I uh, couldn't sleep for like another hour, because um, when you wake up and you go outside, 40 degree weather, you, it just it just wakes you up, and uh, I couldn't go back to sleep for like over an hour, and um, just angry about it, but ultimately did get back to sleep, and then they woke us up early again um, at like 7 o'clock, 6.30, uh, Saturday morning, and um, kind of angry about that. Uh, sometimes you just can't win, um, most of the time, with kids. Uh, but then we had, we had dinner with my parents last night, and um, I was just kind of explaining all that stuff uh, to my mom, and um, all, she, all she had to say was, uh, she said, um, you're blessed. <laughs> you're blessed. And I was like, man, you know, you're right. Uh, I'm blessed. Um, and I don't know if my mom knows really about what it means to be blessed, um, but it really spoke to me because the sermon that I was preparing uh, for today is about blessing. It's about um, what it means to, to be blessed. So when she said it, she may not have understood what I understand uh, about blessing, um, but when she said that, it just kind of like you know, it, it just struck a chord with me in that moment uh, at Michael's Diner. And um, I was like, yeah, you know what, you're right. Uh, I am blessed, and I knew why. And uh, that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about, like, what does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? Um, we're, we're in this sermon series in this psalm, Psalms 120 to 134, and, um, man, it's just a section of psalms uh, that the, the Hebrew pilgrims uh, sang many, 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 many years ago. Um, they sang these songs uh, during their pilgrimages uh, back to Jerusalem, to the temple, uh, for their festivals, for the Passover. And as they would travel back to Jerusalem, um, these were just the psalms, these songs that they sang. Um, and they, they speak to things about our life, and particularly about our relationship with God uh, and what it means. And... Um, they're called the Psalms of Ascent. Uh, the sermon series is called Ascent. Um, they're called the Psalms of Ascent. And uh, the reason that they're called that uh, in Scripture is because uh, all these pilgrims, as they're traveling back to Jerusalem, uh, 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 Jerusalem is on top of a mountain. It's called Mount Zion. And uh, as you travel back to Jerusalem, you just keep uh, gradually getting higher and higher and higher, and you keep ascending higher and higher and higher. And that's what these Psalms are, the Psalms of Ascent. 
ascent. And uh, what we see in these psalms is that, um, man, uh, each psalm shows us something about who God is, how he works, his character, who we are. And uh, the idea is to uh, ascend higher and higher and higher in a relationship uh, with God. So we've been, this. I think this is, uh, man, today is like the ninth psalm. Uh, that we've gone through in this series. And essentially, uh, man, these songs are basically like a, the soundtrack. They're like a they're like a mixtape. That's how I've been seeing it. They're like a mixtape for these Hebrew pilgrims. And uh, today is Psalm 128 is the ninth song um, of this soundtrack that they had uh, back then, that they sang. And uh, the Psalms, um, really, they're, they're songs of lament. They're songs of struggle. They're strong. They're psalms of uh, pain. Uh, they're psalms of crying. Um, really, they just cover the gamut of the human experience. Um, you know, a relationship with God isn't perfect. Um, we're human. And uh, what we see in the, the Hebrews and their relationship with God um, is, man, they're, they're crying. They experience pain. Um, but also, the psalms are they're songs of celebration. And they're songs of joy. Uh, and uh, this song in particular, Psalm 128, uh, is really, it's a celebration of blessing. It's a celebration of blessing. It's a celebration of life with God at the center. At the center. And how that impacts our life. Practically. In our daily practical life. So my goal, uh, what's happened for me as I've studied this text personally, uh, I want it to be uh, a goal for you uh, as you listen to uh, uh, this message uh, from Psalm 128. I, I want it to redefine, I want it to redefine or remind you uh, of what it really means to be blessed. What it really means uh, to be blessed and how that relates to our daily practical life. You know, some of you, you may already know. You may already know uh, the biblical position on what it means to be blessed. Um, but if you don't know, I, I hope this redefines it for you. I hope this redefines it for you. Um, it has certainly um, really spoke to me the past week as I've prepared uh, this message. And man, it's spoken to me so much that I think I'm going to uh, put it into a blog form on the website, because I just want people to just understand this psalm and, and what it means uh, to us. So let's get into the text, Psalm 128. It's up there on the screen. It starts off by saying, it says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Now, we've got to break down some of that. We've got to kind of understand some of these words that, that are being used. This, this, this word blessed. What is blessing? We've got to define that term. What does it mean to be blessed? You know, that's, that's the main theme of this message is blessing. And the reason I've identified that is because in Psalm 128, four times uh, the word blessed is used. You know, it's not rocket science. When, when a word is repeatedly used in Scripture, God's trying to tell you something, right? That, that could be like a, a, a main theme of a text. So I'm like, okay, uh, the word blessed keeps being used here in this text. So that, I think to me that's the main theme. So it bears asking the question, what is blessing? What is blessing? What does it mean to be blessed? 
Because in our Western culture, we see one thing, right? Like on Facebook, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll like hashtag blessed, you know, like we'll, maybe we'll post a picture of a car and we'll be like, oh man, blessed, I'm blessed, or a picture of a home and say, I'm blessed, right? Uh, our Western culture really attributes blessing to success, material uh, comfort, uh, material things. Our Western culture kind of attributes blessing to um, ease, um, comfort, uh, desired outcomes, and things like that. And uh, don't get me wrong, the, all these things, they're, they're gifts from God. Um, it's okay to like be grateful for these things. We should be grateful for these things. Uh, uh, they're undeserved gifts from God to be grateful for. But when we look at the Bible, um, that's not what it means to be blessed having material things and uh, success and achievement and comfort and things like that. Israel, the people of Israel, God's people, um, as we read these Psalms, uh, they knew blessing to be something very, very different than the way we see blessing here in our Western culture. They saw blessing very, very different and they saw blessing accurately. They saw it accurately. Blessing wasn't characterized by material prosperity. What we see in the Bible is blessing is a state. It's a state of being. It's not a situation. It's not a situation where, you know, this happens and I'm blessed. I have this. I'm blessed. Blessing to the people of Israel, to God's people, was very much a, a state of being. It was a state. It was not a situation. And the state of being I'm talking about is this state of joy. This state of joy, this state of peace, this state of gratitude, this state of liberty that comes from a relationship with God. Blessings are not the good things in themselves. A car is not a blessing. When we look at the Bible, a car is not a blessing. Blessings aren't those things themselves. If I have a nice car and a nice house, they aren't themselves blessing. What the blessing is, what makes me blessed, and what the blessing is, is that I have God who gives me things, who gives me skills and abilities to earn money and buy things. The blessing is a providential God. That's the blessing. The blessing is a providential God, a state of security I have as I trust Him, as I trust Him to provide for me. The blessing is a state of peace. The blessing is a state of peace and vitality we experience when we understand how committed God is to us. How committed that God is to us. When we make material things as blessings, when we make these things as blessings, feeling of blessedness is up and down, right? Feeling of blessedness is up and down because it's based on what I have and I don't have, right? If, 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 if I don't have something that I like, I don't feel blessed because I don't have something that I want, right? If that's where we're getting our blessedness from, there's things that I have and don't have. I'm going to have bad days. I'm going to have good days. I'm going to be up. I'm going to be down. Because I'm not always going to get what I want. Sometimes I will. Right? Things go away. 
You know, you have a great car. Oh, I'm blessed. But then you get in a car accident. Oh, it's gone. Oh, I'm not blessed. You know? Blessedness is not a situation. Blessedness that we see in the Bible is a state. Many people have the situation, right? Many people have all of the things that they want, and yet they don't have the state. They don't have the joy. They don't have the peace. They don't have the vitality. They feel like they have everything, but they feel like they have nothing. You can have no situation. You can have nothing, and yet you can have state, the state. You can have nothing and yet have all the joy and all of the peace in the world. I experienced this in Haiti when I went on a mission trip back in 2012. These people have nothing, literally nothing. Their toys were things that they would take from trash heaps, piles of trash outside their community, and that was these kids' toys. And yet, these people had more joy, more peace, more happiness than anything I experienced in America, even myself at that time. Even myself at that time. And what I noticed was these people loved Christ. These people had a relationship with God through Christ, this community that I went to called Jubilee. They had the state. They had no situation. So that's what blessedness is. Blessedness is a state of being. It's not a, situ it's not a situation. So the scripture tells us where this blessing comes from. Okay, Th This verse here tells us where this blessing comes from. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Who fears the Lord. Blessing begins with fear of the Lord. Now, it's not like uh, this fear, you know, you, you hear this word fear, it's not Halloween fear, like Halloween scary, you know, it's not a fear that like you run from God, it's not that kind of fear, it's a fear where you run to him, it's a wondrous awe, it's an amazed, uh, you know, perspective of who God is, it's a reverence, it's a reverence. Like I said, it's not something you run away from him, but you run to him. Without wondrous awe of God, without this wondrous awe of God, we'll never put him where he belongs in our lives, at the center. And we arrive at reverence first. This is how we arrive at reverence. We arrive at reverence first, not by having awesome things, you know, not have by having awesome things, but first by being made aware of our sinful state. First by being made aware of our sinful state, repentance, faith, and knowing that there's a future crown of righteousness and glory waiting for us after we die. That's where it's, that's where it's from. That's how we arrive at this reverence. And it is all a gift from God. It makes God look amazing that he would do this for us. The less we recognize and acknowledge our sin, the less amazing God and his grace will seem. The more we recognize and acknowledge our sin, the more amazing God and his grace and the cross will seem. When God is not at the center, somebody or something else will be at the center of our lives. If it's not God, 
And nothing but God can bring blessing to our state. No person, uh, no thing can do it. Only God can bring blessing to our state. We can get a taste of his majesty through his creation, you know, his creative beauty we see in the world. I've been to the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon is amazing. God's creation is awesome, and you can get a little taste of his majesty and get some reverence from that. But nothing can give us more awe and reverence than his love and his self-sacrifice for us. And we see that on the cross. That is where we get this sense of reverence, this sense of awe and glory and power and majesty of God at the cross. The cross of Christ is where reverence begins, and the cross of Christ is where blessing begins. What captures your imagination? What captures your imagination? Whatever that is, you will put it at the center of your life. You got to think about that. What captures your imagination? And whatever that is, you will put that at the center of your life. Blessing is the joy and the peace and the vitality that we experience with God when he is at the center of our life, when we are fearing the Lord. But we also see here in this verse, this little verse has so much in it. We also see in this verse, there's something to it. There's something after. Okay, we have this fear of the Lord, and then there's something else. It says, it says, walk in his ways. Walk in his ways. All of God, reverence and of God, has to have feet. It's got to have feet. We have to walk in his ways. We have, we have to listen to him. We have to obey him. And we have to walk in his ways. And that's our responsibility. And this is where we most commonly trip up. You know, many people believe in the gospel, which is great. But many people are not walking. Many people are not walking this out. They're not putting their faith to the ground. Their faith doesn't have feet. They're not listening to God. They're not, we're not obeying God and what he is saying and what he is commanding us to do. The Bible is, is actually less interested in whether we believe in the gospel. Don't get me wrong, it is. Don't get me wrong, it is. But it's less interested in whether we believe in the gospel, but in how we respond to him. Okay, we believe. How are you going to respond? How are you going to respond to this belief that you have? How is it going to have feet in your life? Keeping God's rules and obeying his commands and listening to Jesus as we read his word... There's a very particular way in which God designed us to live. And it's called morality. That's basically what it's called. It's called morality. And, and, and it's how we relate with one another. And his commands, they're not to oppress us. They're not, to, they're not there to bind us, but they are there to free us. They're there to free us and experience him fully and to reveal his character and our character. You know, when, 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 we, when we break the rules and we create our own system of values and truth, 
And we spend, when we do that, what, what we'll find is we actually spend a ton of time getting out of trouble. We spend a ton of time backtracking and manipulating. We spend a ton of time of cleaning up a mess, right? We spend a lot of time repairing damage. And then after, we'll ask, what went wrong? <laughs> right? We'll ask that question, what went wrong? The psalmist sings about two areas in our life, two really practical areas in our life that this blessedness has an effect on in this psalm. These two areas, and they're not the only two areas. They're not the only two areas, but two areas we experience blessing as we fear the Lord and walk in his ways. And the text says this. It says, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. What God is saying is when we're blessed through a relationship with Jesus Christ, it produces fruit in our labor, in our work. It produces fruit in our work, the fruit of our hands. We will eat the fruit and enjoy it. The work itself, whether it's our job or whatever it is that we're doing, we're building or whatever, the work itself isn't the blessing. The work itself is not the blessing. Don't get me wrong, it's a good thing, it's, in a gift, it's a gift from God that we have this job and that we have this work, but it's not the blessing. The blessing is the presence of God in and through us making its mark on our work. Does that make sense? Making its mark on our work. When God is at the center of our life, it means he will be at the center of everything in our life, including our work. We worship him through our work. We don't use work selfishly as a selfish means to, to get things or to feel a certain way. We don't use work to feel blessed. Because of Jesus, we're already blessed. We're already blessed. We don't go to work to get blessedness or to feel blessed. Because of Jesus, we're already blessed. Including work, we worship him through our work. We get a far different state of being when we worship God through work than when we use it selfishly. Blessing comes from the freedom and the abundance of worshiping God through our work. Blessing comes from knowing that no matter what it is that I do, because of God, it matters. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what your work is. I mean, unless you're in like, in like the pornography industry, then, you know, you know we have a problem. 99% <laughs> of work, 99% of work matters. It matters. And there's a, there's a freedom in knowing that, that what you're doing matters. Blessing comes from trusting him and walking in his ways, walking in his ways in our work. And then he gives us another area here. He gives us another area. Your wife. All right. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. When we're blessed through a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, it produces fruit in our relationships. And in this case, our marriage, our kids, if we have a spouse, if we're married, and if we have kids, 
Spouse, a spouse and children are not the blessing. They are not the blessing. It's, they're good. They're gifts from God. We should be grateful for us, a wife or a husband. We should be grateful for kids. But they are not the blessing. The blessing is the presence of God in and through us, making its mark in how we relate to them. In how we relate to them. And when God is at the center of our life, life, it means that he will be at the center of our relationships, our marriage, and our kids. Listen, relationships are super difficult. Relationships are difficult, particularly with spouses and kids, because you got to go home every night to them, right? With friends and extended family, like, you don't have to go home to them. Like, they're, they're, they're not there 24-7. <laughs> you don't live under the same house, right, with, with your spouse. Uh, or you do live under the same house with your spouse and your kids. When God is not at the center, when I'm not fearing the Lord... When he's not at the center, I or somebody else is at the center. Say me, when I'm at the center, my relationships with my kids or my wife is marked by anger, anxiety, anxiety, pessimism, discontentment, discontentedness, bitterness, resentment. Our relationships are marked by these things, when God is not at the center, and say, I'm at the center, or even if somebody else is at the center. All of these sinful attitudes of the heart rob us of blessing. They rob us of that blessedness, that state. They rob us of that state in our marriages, in our families. And it's these sinful attitudes of the flesh that the cross crucifies, but we forget that, and we give it life. We give these sinful attitudes life in our lives. Trusting Him and walking in His ways in our marriage, in our family. Man, that is what we're shooting for. That's the blessedness. That's what it is to be blessed. Is trusting in Him and walking in His ways and having that make its mark in our relationships. I think it's really important to understand that marriage and kids are not experiences for every follower of Jesus. That's not the experience for every follower of Jesus. Many followers of Jesus don't have kids or they can't have kids. Many followers of Jesus aren't married. They don't have a spouse. So this isn't the blessing for all believers. This can be. This can be a blessing for believers. It is a general principle for all believers who are married and have kids that when God is at the center, when we fear the Lord and we walk in his ways, it equals blessing, generally. It equals blessing. Our work and our relationships can be a source of great joy. They can be a source of great joy. Or they can be a source of great pain. Right? Man, we can get so much joy from our kids. I experience it from our, our marriage. But we can also experience great pain. Great pain in our relationships with our kids. And in our marriage. If our kids, if our marriage, if our spouse, or if our work are the blessing, if they are the blessing, our joy will be up and down. We're going to be, we're gonna, it's going to drive us crazy. 
But if we understand that we are already blessed before we have anything, before we've been given any gift, because of what Christ has done on the cross, I start blessed. I'm already blessed. And then I, I have that make its mark on my relationships with my kids, with my spouse, in my work. And the text says this. It finishes with this. It says, The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Whether we realize it or not, everyone on earth is on a search for Mount Zion. Everyone. Everyone is on a search for Mount Zion. When you look at Scripture, in Scripture, Mount Zion is both a literal place, right? It's, it's, the, it's the big mountain that the Temple of Jerusalem is on top of. It's a literal place. But God also speaks of Mount Zion as a figurative place, as a figurative place. It's a place of connection between man and God. Back earlier in this series in Psalm 125, verse 1, in Psalm 125 it says, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. That's basically saying those who fear the Lord, those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever but abides forever. Mount Zion is that state of being. It's that state of joy, vitality, and peace, and purpose, and security. It's that state of blessedness from that connection with God when we fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Mount Zion is God's mountain. And to know the blessing of Mount Zion, we have to know God. And we know God through Jesus Christ. We know God through Jesus Christ, and he empowers us to walk in his ways. We often use situations. We often use situations, whether it's our work or our marriage or our kids, to feel blessed. I want to feel good. I want joy. I want happiness. So I'm going to get it. I'm going to chase after it. I'm going to get those situations so I can be blessed, so I can become blessed. But imagine this. Imagine this. And this is, what, this is what the Bible, this is what Scripture is getting at. Imagine, instead of using these things, imagine, instead of using these things, our work, our marriage, our kids, to feel blessed, we actually woke up already blessed. We start blessed. We wake up blessed. Throughout the day, I don't have to go chase after blessing through my work, through my relationships with my kids, through my marriage. But I start blessed. Because of Jesus, because of the cross, I'm blessed. Before God has given me any gifts, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because I'm redeemed. I'm blessed because I'm forgiven. I'm blessed because I've been died for. I'm blessed because I'm an adopted child of God. It's a state of being. You start blessed. Imagine starting blessed. And then how that would impact your relationship with your kids and with your spouse. 
and then how that would impact your work. How much fruit that they would bear. How much fruit your work would bear. How much fruit your marriage would bear. How much fruit your relationships with your kids, if you have these things, would bear. If we knew that we started blessed and we don't have to go chasing after it. We don't have to chase after it. Because that's what we're doing in the world. We're chasing after it. And we can't find it. We go to all these kinds of different places to find this blessedness. And we come up short and empty if it's not God and Jesus Christ. If it's not Him. This was convicting to me. This was a, a convicting passage to me and, and how I relate with my wife and how I relate with my kids and how I relate uh, with my work. You know, my, the hardest moments I have with my kids or, or my wife, it's typically, you know, they're not perfect. So, you know, sometimes, you know, they, they do things that are ridiculous. I'm not going to lie. We're all experiencing this. We're all experiencing this in, in our relationships or in our work. Right? But my hardest moments with my kids are when God is not at the center of my relationship that day. Right? When I don't wake up remembering that I'm blessed. I have a relationship with God. I'm forgiven. I've been shown grace. I've been died for. I'm a child of God. I've been adopted. And I don't start the day that way. And I put myself at the center. I put myself at the center, and I'm only thinking about myself, and consequently, I don't feel blessed. And it's the same thing with our marriage. It's the same thing with our marriage. Man, are you chasing after blessing, or do you know, do you remember that you're already blessed? Blessing is a state of being. It's not a situation. We don't have to go chasing after blessing through things and through people. It is a state of being we receive. It's a gift that is given to us by God through Jesus Christ. And we start blessed. And then that makes its mark on our relationships with our kids and on our work. Man, may we fear the Lord. Man, I know we read that on the paper. We read it on paper, but man... Do we fear the Lord? Do we revere God? Is He really at the center of our life? Is He at the center of our relationships? And then, do we fear the Lord? Do we walk in His ways? Do we walk in His ways? May we know Christ. And may we walk in His ways. Let's pray.